hello, hello, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of First, the show where I, Mark Krishnez, gives you my first impressions on a game. And this here episode is all about Castle Morahisa, a roguelike deck building game that takes a lot of inspiration from Slay the Spire. They say imitation is the highest form of flattery, and in that case, Castle Morahisa is flattering the fucking shit out of Slay the Spire because it is so Slay the Spire-like that you could coin the term Slay the Spire-like and immediately point to Castle Morahisa as the shining example of such a game. You could look at Castle Morahisa and say to yourself, is that Slay the Spire DLC? Because that looks like Slay the Spire DLC. And that is both Castle Morahisa's greatest strength and its greatest weakness. And because of that, I I can't recommend Castle Morhiza to anyone because with it being so Slay the Spire-like outside of a unique theme to it compared to Slay the Spire set in feudal Japan and all that jazz and a few changes here and there, it is so much like Slay the Spire that... It begs the question, why are you playing this over Slay the Spire? And there is no answer to that question. Outside of, one, you've played the shit out of Slay the Spire and you're sick of it. You don't want anything more to do with it. You've exhausted everything. You've beat it a million times. You can beat it with your eyes closed. You're just, you're done with it. And two, you don't want anything to do with games that aren't just absolute copies of Slay the Spire, like Monster Train or whatnot. And three, you really, really, really like that setting, the whole feudal Japan thing. Because that's really all Morihisa's got going for it. It's not a bad game. It's a good game. I mean, it's imitating one of the best deck-like, roguelike... <laughs> Like one of the best roguelike deck building games ever made, if not the best. And in my book, in my whatever the hell you want to call it, my deck of games of all time, I think it's just one of the best games, period. I friggin' love it. And so Morahis is a good game because it's trying to be one of the best games ever made. But it doesn't do anything to stand out that much in the genre to craft an identity of its own to find a unique foothold in this subgenre that has a fair amount of competition at this point so as good as it might be it is rough around the edges there are a lot of polish issues like the ui when looking at a particular part of the screen and get in an information box. The information box might trail off the screen and you just can't see everything you need to see. And it's usually the most crucial information that is off screen. And, and there are little things like that scattered throughout the game that give the impression that Castle Morhisa could have used a bit more time in the oven. And I think if they did that, if they gave it six more months or a year i don't know how long they could have ironed out those little hiccups and could have maybe done more to craft an identity of its own 
Because the way the game works is you have your three starting classes, the samurai, the monk, and the, I don't remember the name, but essentially the magic class. And then you have the ninja, which you can unlock. But you have your three classes, and you go through the game, very Slay the Spire-like, except some of the strategy is lost in that instead of having three paths that you can go on and change as you're making your way through an area, you just have randomly generated encounters that pop up between each encounter. So you might get four battles to start, and then after you fight whatever battle you pick, you'll have four additional encounters. Two might be battles, one might be a treasure chest, and one might be a random encounter, and so on and so forth. So the strategy and decision-making aspect of having to pick between a handful of trails to get to something that you really want to, but there might be some dangers along the way, that's gone. And that's one of the differences, and I don't like that difference. They add, and this is probably the biggest difference, they add a talent tree, a talent system that allows you to put points into various skills to make each run unique. However, I found in my limited time with the game that there were certain skills that were clearly the ones you should go with first and foremost. So every single time I played, I would opt for this skill and that skill and then this other one. And once I got those out of the way, I would experiment with other skills. But I always went with the same few first and foremost. And this adds on to the other significant negative, maybe one of the biggest issues I have with the game. The classes just don't feel that different from one another. Their skill trees are pretty similar. And then their decks, while they do have their unique cards that suit their playstyles, whether it's more defensive, more counter-based, or magic-based with this like familiar thing that the magic user has, they still felt surprisingly similar to one another. More so than in, say, Slay the Spire, where I think the various classes feel very different from one another and provide you with a much more unique experience when playing as one over the other and so on. And that definitely hurts the game a lot and, and makes picking between the classes feel less important. You can access the store at any time. That's another key difference, I guess you can call that key, but you can access the store at any point, unlike in Slave the Spire, where you have to pick a trail. If you want to go to the store, you have to choose that trail that might have a mini boss, a sub boss in it, and could prove to be a challenging road to get to the store so that you can remove cards or do whatever you want to do at the store. So that makes it a little bit easier. And I just think that while it does a great job of imitating Slay the Spire at its core. The the combat and all that is basically the same thing. You have your action points, you have your turns and all that. You can see what the enemy is going to do with their next turn, whether it's attack, defend, magic, etc. You have your various buffs and poisons and status effects and all that, which you can see and get information if that information isn't, you know, trailing off the screen or anything like that. And all that works really well because it's doing what Slay the Spire did great however many years ago that was but it just 
isn't doing anything new. And I know the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it is a thing, but if you didn't make it, maybe make something else or you know add your own touch to it don't just take something put a little paint on it and say hey look what i made but that's kind of what castle did the changes it does make to try and make it its own thing are more negative than positive a lot of the strategy even the small strategies that i love about slay this fire have been removed and it makes it a more accessible game i guess but i don't think slay this fire was inaccessible is just challenging and provided you with more tools or more ways for each run to feel different whereas in Morihisa every run quickly started feeling the same so I don't dislike Castle Morihisa it's a good game it's imitating one of the best games I've played in the last five years but that's all it's doing it's just an imitation and doesn't do enough to stand out on its own to give you a reason to play it over what it's imitating and unless you've exhausted all you can get from slay the spire and every other game of that ilk in that subgenre that actually has done things to provide you with a unique experience and not just be another slay the spire i don't see a reason to play castle morahisa but uh, that will do it for this episode of First. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to see me streaming games like Castle Morisa, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash PX Sausage. If you'd like to check out the videos I make and you aren't already doing so, you can do that over at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. Like, subscribe, hit that bell, all that jazz, baby. That is again youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. And speaking of pixelated sausage, if you put a little dot and a com after that, what do you got? You got my website. And what do you get when you go there? More stuff like this, as well as the art I make. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye.